Somebody ought to go ahead and give him a praise in advance this morning. I need just about 150 wild apostolics that would praise him in advance. Hallelujah! That can look your Goliath in the face and say today, God will deliver you into my hands. Somebody give him a praise this morning. Hallelujah! Somebody give him a Psalm 150 praise and praise him according to his excellent greatness and praise him for his mighty acts. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. You ought to open your mouth and let hell hear the sound of victory this morning. This is the sound of triumph. This is the sound of victory. This is the sound of an overcomer. This is the sound of a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy rolling, born again, heaven-bound believer. Somebody give him praise. Yes. Woo. Oh, if God is good, give him a hand clap of praise this morning. Glory, glory, glory. You can be seated for just a few moments. Amen. I want to join in this morning and take just a brief moment to again say welcome to all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord with us. I see guests all over the sanctuary. Rock Church, would you lend me your hands and your voice and help me make some noise for all of our guests that are in the house of the Lord today? Amen. We are so grateful. We count it an honor that you would spend your Sunday morning with us right here in the house of the Lord. We're thankful for you. Welcome to the Rock Church. Amen. Welcome to the Rock Church. And if you're here for your very first time this morning, as you came into the lobby, you should have received a VIP invitation card. And if you're here for the first time and you did not receive one of those cards, if you wouldn't mind just raising your hand, we'll get one right to you this morning. That card is your invitation to join us immediately after the service in a special room that we've prepared just for you. And we've got some light refreshments. We've got a small gift that we want to give you as a token of our love for you and to say thank you for joining us in service. And so when we dismiss the service, if you will go out in the lobby, you're going to see a red carpet. And if you'll just make your way to that red carpet, there'll be somebody there to escort you into the VIP room and we would love a chance to meet you on behalf of First Lady and I. We'd love to get to shake your hand and, and uh, just tell you thank you personally 
for being with us this morning. One more time, would you help me put your hands together for all of our guests that are in the building and for those that are joining us online this morning. Help me make them welcome today. Amen. How many of you thankful for our live stream ministry? Hasn't that been such a blessing to further our reach into our community and across the world? And uh, so welcome if you're with us online this morning. It is so good to look out and see Sister Pack back in the sanctuary this morning. Amen. The devil is a liar. And I uh, love this precious woman of God. So glad that she is in the house of the Lord. And then, I, man, I'm looking up, seeing all kind of folks up in the balcony this morning. Somebody give a praise up in the balcony today. Amen. Brother Walden, good to see you there. And so good to see brother and sister Embry in the house of the Lord this morning. I thank God for his healing touch, for the power of the blood of Jesus. Anybody got a testimony that the blood still works? Whoop! I said it still works. The blood is greater than cancer. The blood is greater than diabetes. The blood is greater than neuropathy. The blood is greater than high blood pressure. The blood is greater than the coronavirus. The blood is greater than leukemia. As a matter of fact, there is nothing that can overcome the blood of Jesus. Somebody shout, the blood is greater. And his name is more powerful. If you believe it, put your hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Amen. So good to have you in the house of the Lord. I'm just telling you, God has been blowing my mind. What a powerful move of God we have already experienced in this sanctuary today. Amen. There is simply no telling uh, what is going to happen before we leave this house. And uh, we have been in the middle of an incredible, incredible week. How many of you were here Tuesday night? and blessed by the word of the Lord that was delivered in this house. If you were not here, Bishop Bass was in the building and preached to us a word from God, the bondage of excuses. And what a life-changing word that God delivered to this house. And if you were not here Tuesday, I urge every single person to jump online, get on the website, get on YouTube, get on SoundCloud, download the podcast, uh, order a CD, whatever your preference is, and get that word in your spirit. That's the kind of preaching, if you can, if you can get it in your heart, you can make it to heaven. Amen? Anybody, anybody want to make it to heaven? And uh, that is one of those messages that you will want to have and listen to frequently and get it in your spirit. Amen. Uh, then on Thursday night, uh, we baptized Nissan, brother Nissan, in Jesus' name for the remission of his sins. I believe he received the Holy Ghost on Tuesday night 
and uh, or Thursday night, I don't recall. Uh, but how many of you thank God for this fine young man of God? What God is doing in his life. Friday night, we baptized a young lady by the name of Kalina in Jesus' name. She came out of the water speaking in tongues as God filled her with the Holy Ghost. And uh, this past Monday evening, uh, most of you will remember the testimony that Brother Leo gave on Sunday or on Tuesday, uh, a, a lady who was on the Edison Bridge contemplating whether or not her life was worth living when she prayed and said, God, if you're real, send somebody now. And within minutes, an apostolic man walked by, and within less than 30 minutes, there were five of them surrounded next to her, giving her a Bible study and praying with her. Monday night, we baptized Nicole in Jesus' name. God filled her with the Holy Ghost. Woo! Anybody excited to be a part of a revival church? Ah, amen. God is doing great things. Let's stand to our feet all over this house as we prepare for the word of the Lord. While you're standing and grabbing your Bibles, I want to remind you that in just uh, a little over a month, will be Impact National Youth Conference. And this is a certainly a highlight uh, of every year of this church. And I'm just telling you, make plans to be here. Make plans to be here early every night. Because it, it, it might be tough to find a seat this year. There, there are phone calls flooding in every day from around the country. We have already extended the room blocks at all of the hotels because all of the room blocks filled up. And uh, we'll probably have to extend them again in the next week or so to accommodate all of the people that are coming from around, not just around the country. We've got four people, I think, coming from Port-au-Prince, Haiti. L'Eglise Wurschla. Y'all give a great shout out for L'Eglise Wurschla. Non Port-au-Prince. And Titan Yen and Paridon and all of the great works that are that God is doing in the country of Haiti. We're going to have to change it to Impact International Youth Conference. And uh, what an exciting time. That's August 20th. Uh, 21st and 22nd. That's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then we're going to continue that Sunday, the 23rd, right here in the house of the Lord. Uh, Thursday night, Pastor Steve, uh, Steve Buxton, Pastor uh, Joel Buxton, the son, not the father. The Holy Ghost will certainly be here. Pastor Joel Buxton will be with us Thursday night all the way from Chula Vista, California. Friday night, evangelist Cody Marks will be in the building with us. Saturday, Brother Cornelius Williams will be preaching the word of the Lord. And then Sunday, Brother Cornelius Williams will be with us as well in the house of God. Amen. So good to look up and see Brother and Sister Pope in the house of the Lord with us this morning. How many of you love Brother and Sister Pope? All the way from Mattoon, Illinois. 
their first home, and uh, they're here in their second home for a little while. And uh, we love them, love them greatly. And uh, maybe we'll hear from him this evening, maybe a testimony or something tonight. Be great to hear from him. And uh, I am so excited this morning, uh, yesterday, as I was uh, pondering, praying, I felt like the Lord laid it upon my heart uh, to ask one of our own very own young men uh, to prepare to bring the word of the Lord to us today. And uh, I, am, I am so grateful for the level of anointing that God has placed on so many in this sanctuary. How many of you are thankful for that? And uh, Brother Trevor Sloss is an incredible young man uh, who has just proven himself to be a servant of the Lord, a servant of the Lord. How many of you know that that is where ministry begins, is learning how to serve? You'll recall that before Jesus was crucified, he had one final staff meeting, if you will, with his disciples. It would be the last time he would speak to them. Certainly whatever he had to say in that meeting would have, have paramount significance and impetus to their ministry. And when they got done eating, he began his lesson not by opening up a book, but by tying a servant's towel around his waist and he humbled himself and began to wash the feet of his disciples and began to teach them that the most important characteristic they could possess would be that of serving the people of God. And I'm so proud of this great young man who is talented beyond belief, but beyond all of that has a spirit of humility and excellence and I believe that God has spoke to him for this house this morning. How many of you will open up your hearts and prepare to receive the word of the Lord right now as we lift our hands and we lift our voices all over this sanctuary? I want Brother Trevor Sloss to come and deliver the word of the Lord to us this morning. Come on, Brother Trevor. Come on, can we lift that up to him right now? Oh, come on, can we lift that up to him, not out of obligation, not because I asked you to, not because you, not because anybody asked you to, but simply because you love him. Come on, can we lift it up right now simply because we love him? Jesus. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. It's good to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning. Amen. Thank you, Pastor, for trusting me. I've learned that I, I just need to be ready. 8.30 at night is a little, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's got to be ready. <laughs> so, um, But I definitely, immediately, I felt like God had already spoken to me. Um, I don't come to you today with enticing words. I don't come to you today with something fancy or something that's going to tickle your ear. I'm a very, very simple person. Um, if 
if I can break something down to its simplest form, I'm happy. So um, I just, I just want to talk to us today for a brief moment. As you're grabbing your Bibles, we're going to be reading from the book of Mark, chapter 10, starting at verse 46. Beginning at Mark chapter 10, verse 46, it says, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the, the highway side begging. This is talking about Jesus. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they call the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise and come to Jesus. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And he answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately, everyone said immediately, he received his sight. And follow Jesus in the way. Just want you, I want to draw your attention to verse number 46. It says, and he, when he heard, or 40, uh, 47, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. He began to cry out. For just a brief moment, I want to talk to us today about there is a cry. There is a cry. I wonder if we can just put our Bibles down for a moment and lift up our hands and, and ask the Lord to meet us in this house. Oh, come on, somebody. Do you want to leave here changed? Do you want to leave here? Do you want to leave here with a fresh perspective? Come on, call on him right now. Everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. The book of Mark is often referred to as a book of immediacy. Just within the first chapter, there are 13 different accounts where Jesus comes upon the situation and the Bible says that immediately. There was no hesitation. There was no delay. The Bible says immediately they were healed. Immediately the devil came out of them. Immediately. And so, when Jesus walks on the Sea of Galilee, he walks onto the scene where Simon and Andrew are fishing. He says unto them, follow me. The Bible says they didn't, they didn't waste any time. Straightway, 
The Bible says straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. Another example in Mark. A leper comes to Jesus and he wants to be healed. The Bible says that as soon as the leper began to speak, he could hardly get the words out. As soon as he began to say, Jesus, I want to be healed, he was healed. Instantly. And so it's with this understanding that Jesus is in the business of doing things immediately that we come upon the scene of Bartimaeus. He's on the roadside. He's begging. He's blind. I think it's interesting the Bible calls him blind Bartimaeus. It, it, it attaches the, the adjective blind to, to let us know that this wasn't just a man. This man had something wrong with him. This man had an issue. And later on the Bible says the blind man doesn't even use his name. It just calls him by the blind man. We come upon this scene of Bartimaeus. And it says that he's by the highway side and he's begging. I can imagine in my mind's eye, every day he comes out to the same place. Comes out to the same road. Somebody helps him there and he just kind of sits down. He breaks out his can. Breaks out his, his cardboard sign. And he starts to say, alms for the poor. Alms for the poor. People are just passing him by. Maybe somebody will throw a couple couple cents in, a dollar here and there. Day in, day out, he's reminded of this issue that he has. Every day he wakes up. He wakes up and, and, and unlike you and I, he can't see the sunrise. Unlike you and I, he can't, he can't walk out of his, of his house and see the green grass and the blue sky. He can't even, he can hardly make his way around. He's reminded daily of this issue, and daily he comes to the same place, and he does the same thing, asking for alms. But this day would be different, because this is the day that Jesus just so happens to pass by where the man is. He didn't wake up that morning. He didn't wake up that morning knowing that Jesus was going to be there. This was just his everyday thing. This is just how he, how he lived. This was his lifestyle. This was his routine. I'm here to tell you today, there are times where you get stuck in this routine. You get stuck in this lifestyle doing the same thing day in, day out. Going to the same job. Going to the, the same house. Going to the, doing the same thing over and over again. And if you're not careful, that moment when Jesus steps into your situation, you'll never notice. You'll never notice when Jesus wants to step in and wants to move in your life. You become so blinded to your situation and you never, you never take a moment to think that God can do it for me. And so this is where we get the, we preach it all the time. He cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they tell him, hey, 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 why don't you chill? Don't you see that there's other people around too? Don't you see that there's other people that, need, that have a need? Why are you being so selfish? Yeah, you might be blind, but the reality is, is that in that crowd, there might have been someone else that was blind. 
In that crowd, there might have been someone else that was deaf and that was trying to get the attention of Jesus. You know what I think the difference is? The difference is, is when they told him to hold his peace. He felt something stern on the inside of him. And he said, you know what? I probably could. There'll be another time. Jesus, surely he'll come back through this way. Jerusalem and Jericho weren't very far away from each other. Maybe a day, maybe a day or two journey. Surely he'll come back through this way. But he made it up in his mind right then and there. I refuse to go another day. I refuse to go another minute, another hour, another second, living in the same circumstance, living in the same cycle, the same situation that I've been living in for years. I'm sick and tired of being blind, not being able to go where I want to go, not being able to, to rely on myself. Could you imagine what would happen if he, if after they said to him, quiet down, could you imagine what would happen if he did so? He would have been there for the rest of his life, blinded. There are times when we come in here and because of God knows what, anxiety, fear that we're going to look weird. We don't, want to, we don't want to make a scene. We don't want to be out the box. We don't want to do anything crazy. Sometimes we come in here and we have real needs. Maybe I'm preaching to myself. There are times when I come in here and I'm so desperate for God to move in my life. that I don't care what anybody else says or, or what I look like or, or what I sound like. You can tell me to be quiet all you want. You can go and do your thing. But today, today I'm getting what I need from God. I'm not leaving here the same. I'm leaving here renewed, restored. I'm leaving here with a blessing. I'm leaving here with a miracle. Sometimes you just got to get desperate. And you got to say, I don't care what anybody else does. You can sit. My entire row can just sit there while the music is going on, while the preaching is going on. But as for me, as for me, I can't go another day. I can't go another minute. I need something from God right now. Jesus. Woo. You know what I can imagine? In that crowd, there were spiritual groupies. People that come into the house every week. They only come in when Jesus walks around. What's up, what's up? They want to get close to Jesus. But as soon as he walks out, as soon as they leave, they want nothing to do with him. Forget about him. Only when he's around. O only when they can get something out of it. Only when Jesus is standing there handing out blessings. Only when Jesus is standing there he's healing people. Only when the anointing oil is being walked around. doesn't respond to needs. If he responded to every need in this house, there would be none. Every time he said, God, I need a million dollars right now. I, I really do need a million dollars. Could you imagine if God was up in heaven just answering every little prayer that we had? 
See, the reality is, is that, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately with everything that's going on, so bear with me. The reality is, is that as humans, we need discipline. As humans, we need structure. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble, but we need order. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? We need a system in place of checks and balances. Because if we got what we wanted all the time, it would just be total chaos. It'd be anarchy. He responds to faith. He responds to faith. In that crowd, there were people there. There were people there that were asking for healing. I believe it. There were people there that were wanting Jesus to touch them. There were people there that wanted Jesus to provide. There are people that come into this house every week and you, you pray, God, I, 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 I need a blessing. Or, or, or God, I need a healing. And you may. And you really may. And God may do it. But there are times where God is trying to look for your faith. God may have already given you the solution. You're trying to circumvent it. God is trying to tell you, I need you to go talk to that man right there. And I need you to work it out with him. And we're trying to say, no, 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 no. Why can't I just go straight to you, God? Why, why can't you just give it right from heaven? You see, in verse 50, the Bible says, and he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Find that interesting. Puts it in little commas. Casting away his garment, he arose and he came to Jesus. A garment in that day was much more significant than it is today. You might wear whatever type of suit and nobody would even know what, what brand it is. You might wear some joggers and might be from Walmart, might be from, I don't know, wherever, wherever you get joggers from. It, didn't, it doesn't have much meaning today. Well, I mean, if, if you're, you're trying to impress people, you're trying to spend big bucks on them. But it, 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 in that time period, it signified who you were. It was a much bigger deal. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they tried to make clothing. And God said, no, 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 no. That's not enough. And he made something for them to wear. Because what they had on represented something that they were trying to cover up. It represented their, their, them trying to amend what they had just done. And God said, no, no, no. I have a better way of doing this. And he clothed them. When Elijah was passing by, he dropped the garment on Elisha. That wasn't just any garment. That wasn't just any piece of clothing. That garment represented the anointing of God that had just been placed onto Elisha. In Exodus chapter 28 and 2, the Bible says, And thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother, for glory and for beauty. This is when God was giving them the directives and, and how to approach the throne and how to come into his presence. That's why I believe... You can come as you are, and God will accept that. But there is still a protocol when you approach heaven's throne. 
We don't just we don't just come in here wearing anything, looking any type of way. When you come, oh. even Aaron's children were anointed in those very same garments that Aaron had worn. And all throughout the Old Testament, they were they referred to Babylonian garments that set people apart. That set people apart and say, if you have those garments, you are a marked man. Because of that, there was literally a time where they were going to fight a battle and they completely lost the battle, the children of Israel. Because they found in the tents a Babylonian garment. That's how much God hates it when, when we try to emulate the world. And when we try to incorporate the world into our everyday lives. And so it's significant. Because... As a blind man, there were likely garments that literally identified them as being someone that was blind or being someone that had some sort of an impediment. And so when, when they said to him, all right, look, now's your chance. Now's your chance. He's calling for you. What did he do? He stands up and he takes the garment off. And he casts it to the side and he goes and follows Jesus. Here's the thing, he had no idea that Jesus was actually going to heal him. That move right there was faith. Uh-huh. That move, him taking off that garment and casting it to the side was him saying, you know what? Regardless of what happens, I'm not living the same way that I used to live. Regardless of what happens today, when I go in that house, I'm leaving these garments outside. And I'm not picking them back up. I refuse to go back to the lifestyle of a beggar. I refuse to go back to an immoral lifestyle. I refuse to go back to the club. I refuse to go back to the bar. I'm leaving it behind me. We want God to work in our lives so bad sometimes, but we're too afraid or or. We're too ashamed, but we just don't want to let it go. We become so comfortable in those garments. Those garments define us. Being some sort of a warmth, some sort of a familiarity. When he puts on that garment in the morning, he knows, yeah, I'm a blind man. When he puts on that garment and he says, yeah, this is who I am. And every day, walking up and down the, that street, people recognize him. Oh, that's just blind Bartimaeus. That's just, that's just Steve with the issues. That's just Brother John that has that certain issue that he just can't get past. Yeah. If the music would come. There are actually two words I find interesting that describe what a garment is. One of those is a costume. The other one is betrayal. A costume. God never meant for you to live that lifestyle that you're living. God never meant for you to wake up and put, put on something that you were never meant to put on. It, it, it breaks my heart to see people walk in here. And Jesus enters in the room. His presence is so powerful. His presence is so thick. You can, you can almost see him. You can almost feel him walking up and down the aisles. 
And I'm not pastor, so I'm not, I'm not rebuking anybody here. It's not my place. But God forbid we sit down in our pew as, as the God of the universe has left, has let his spirit walk up and down these aisles. God forbid we sit back and while Jesus is wanting to move in our lives, and forget about you for a second, wanting to move in your neighbor's life, wanting to move in a guest's life, and all we can do is think about ourselves. All we can do is keep referencing the garments that we've been wearing for years and years, and we can't get out of this cycle. We can't get out of this, this, this cyclical uh, lifestyle. Every time we walk in here, we ought to walk in here with the expectation that today, today is the day. Today is the day that God's going to move on my family. Today is the day that my body is going to be healed. And if God never does it, he's already done enough for me. If God doesn't heal my body, he's already done. That's why I feel like when he cast his garment away, he said, I'm alive. He doesn't have to heal me. He doesn't have to do anything. The simple fact that he called me from where I was and said, come here. Come into my presence. Come surround yourself with the glory of God. The simple fact that we have the ability to walk into his presence anytime we want to is more than enough. It's more than enough. When you begin to look at your life and really be honest with yourself and look at where God has brought you from and how you've gotten here today, you don't deserve to be in the presence of God. You don't deserve to sit on a pew and bask in the glory of the almighty God. And yet we come in here. When the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords stepped down from eternity, stepped into time, we completely miss it. Completely gloss over, don't even realize that he's walking by. Don't even realize it that, that he's just waiting. He's just he's looking. Who's gonna get desperate enough? Who really wants it? How badly do you want that healing? How badly do you want to see them come back? How badly do you want change in this world? How badly do you want to see souls saved? If not for you, then for somebody else. I can't help but to think of Paul and Silas when they were in prison. It wasn't even about them. It wasn't even about Paul and Silas. They were going to end up in prison anyway. Because they kept doing what God had told them to do. That was an opportunity. For God to use them for somebody else. God 
forbid we walk in here, we sit down on our pew, we sing a couple songs, we listen to the preaching, we amen and we leave out of here and we go eat, we go take a nap, come back in here and do it all over again and completely forget and not even notice that on my row there are people that have needs. On my row there are people that don't know Jesus. This is not where I wanted to end up, but this is just where I feel God leading me. God forbid we become so selfish that when the presence of God sweeps down into this house, we never take a second look. We can't look past the two feet that's in front of us. Every eye closed, every hand lifted. He's here right now. Don't let this moment just breeze over in your history books. Don't let this service just be a check mark. Don't let this moment right here just be another check off the box. If you're here today and you need something from God, I'm telling you right now, all you have to do is walk up to this front. Lift your hands. Repent of your sins. is here the healer is here the provider is here the king of kings the lord of lords your redeemer your savior Jesus is here right now the lamb slain before the foundation of the world is entered into this house what are you gonna do what are you going to do to get his attention? What, what lengths will you go to to get the attention of the Most High God? What are you willing to give up to get his attention, to walk over to where you're at and to minister to you?